0: and welcome to the Creators Call podcast, where we explore technology and how it is used for education. I'm your host, John Lazar, and today we're joined by John Gottfried of Major League Hacking. So how are you doing today, John? I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So I think we need to start by setting a baseline. And I'm sure you and I have a similar definition, but what is your definition of hacking?
1: Yeah, so uh, hackers in this context are not people who are gonna go out and steal your credit card, right? It's not hacking in the security uh, sense of the word. Um, what hacking really means and what a hacker is, is someone who's really finding clever, innovative solutions to solving problems with technology. Right? So that could be something like you see on LifeHacker the blog, where you know it's a new way to like bake cookies with like you know fake butter or whatever. I love cooking. Um, or it could be something that's really technological, like you know, making a self-driving car out of your home webcam. You know, it really is a broad range of projects and skills that kind of coalesce around this idea of creating clever solutions uh, using the technology at your disposal. Uh, cool. Because, yeah, I mean, security has kind of told everybody
0: that the quote, unquote, black hat hacker is what hacking is. Yeah, and you you and I who both have a coding background know that, you know, it kind of grew up around this just people who can code and want to make stuff want to do it in their own way and kind of make more interesting things that they want.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, it's they're definitely both subcultures. I personally prefer Hackers to refer to, you know, creators and inventors and programmers, and cracker to refer to people who are breaking into things, because, you know, they really are different groups of people.
0: Yeah, I think we both agree on that. So, if that's what hacking
1: is, then what's a hackathon? That's a great question. So, uh, a hackathon is essentially a weekend-long invention competition. Uh, programmers, designers. You know, creators come together. They brainstorm lots of ideas, and then they spend the next twenty-four to thirty-six hours over the weekend building a working prototype of that idea. Uh, at hackathons, you'll see everything from a new website or a mobile app, all the way through, you know, robots and uh, like crazy, like self-driving car type inventions. Um, it's a really, really cool variety of projects. But ultimately it's a place and time where people come together to build new things Uh, and it happens in a very very compressed time frame It is a very intense work environment but ultimately it's a really really cool community of people who are all there to do the same thing which is to build awesome technology and we all want awesome
0: technology so then how did you get involved with hackathons
1: yeah so I got involved with hackathons uh, probably six years ago now. Um, And there really weren't that many hackathons going on at that point. There's been a huge explosion in them in the last couple of years. But I initially got involved uh, as a participant. Um, I started going to hackathons like Music Hack Day and Startup Weekend and Startup Bus in New York. And it was my first exposure to this community of people who loved building things as much as I did. You know, I knew what it was like to work as a programmer. I knew what it was like to, uh, you know, build software for business purposes. But hackathons were really my first exposure to a group of people who loved the process of building things and loved the challenge of building things and didn't necessarily have a uh, a purpose beyond the experience itself right they weren't necessarily there to uh build the next facebook they weren't necessarily there to build the next oculus you know they were really there because they loved like creating and so i started going to more and more hackathons and eventually i uh kind of transitioned to organizing them and uh you know becoming involved in the community in that way and you know, over the years, that's uh, evolved more and more into what I do full time. And uh, it's a really, really exciting group of people to work with because they're all, like, on the bleeding edge of technology in a way that most people in the world never get to experience.
0: So what would you say are some interesting hacks you've built at some of these hackathons?
1: i built some weird stuff at hackathons. Uh, the last hackathon I participated in was a PayPal battle hack last summer, so about a year ago. And with a, a number of other people from Major League Hacking, which is where I work, uh, we built a team that created a Cookie Monster robot. So we we went to Home Depot. We bought a bunch of like parts and tools. And we made a robot vending machine that bakes fresh chocolate chip cookies for you. So it dispensed dispense a little piece of dough on a pan. And the pan would go into a little oven. And then out would pop a fresh baked cookie. Um, it was really delicious, really fun, extremely challenging. But uh, you know that was definitely a cool hack. Um, I've also built some more traditional projects, like uh, you know, like mobile apps and that sort of thing. But that's definitely one of the more fun ones. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know people who would definitely love to have a cookie monster like that in their home or office.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) So
0: you co-founded Major League Hacking, which runs hackathons. How did that come about from this?
1: Yeah, so uh, after I started attending a lot of hackathons and organizing them, uh, I ended up working as a developer evangelist at a company called Twilio, which builds uh, a communications platform for developers. And... Through that, I started sponsoring and mentoring at hackathons going on on university campuses, uh, like Hack&Y, which is a really uh, kind of long-running one here in New York. And through that experience, I got more and more involved in supporting the student hacker community. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do next, uh, you know, I knew that I really wanted to work with this group of people, Um, students, up-and-coming developers, people who are really kind of uh at the forefront of technology and also learning it and so uh swift who's my co-founder and i uh, started working on this Um, he started full-time about six months before i did and eventually we you know were able to work with enough students and support enough hackathons to grow uh from about five events a year to about 200 events a year in the last couple of years that we've been working on this and it's you know it's been a really exciting journey. Like it's amazing to see all of these students and all of these campuses that never previously had any significant hacker culture growing these really vibrant communities. Um, If you look back 10 or 20 years, you know, hacker culture was vibrant at MIT and Stanford and a lot of those traditional CS schools. But if you went to like, you know, whatever, like the University of Iowa, it wasn't really a thing. And certainly where I went, uh, which was Stony Brook University, it wasn't a thing. And so, you know, MLH is really around to empower hackers and bring this culture to people who never really had a community around it before. And, I, you know, I'm pretty pretty excited about uh, how we've been able to do that so far. That's awesome. So have you gone to a lot of um, different campuses at this point? I have visited more college towns than I ever imagined possible. Uh, they all kind of bleed together at this point, but uh, yeah, I've been to a lot of schools. It's, uh, it's definitely been interesting. Um, more schools than you would imagine are uh, very far from what what I would consider civilization as a New Yorker.
0: Oh, I believe it. I've been to <laughs> enough schools to visit. Do you find that they all grasp it very quickly, or That Like, there's a learning curve since they're not familiar with it.
1: So, uh, I do think that hackathons and hacker culture are one of those things that you really need to kind of experience to understand. Um, You know, it's one thing for me to sit here and explain to everyone, like, what a hackathon is. You know, it's an invention competition. But it's another thing entirely to be surrounded by hundreds or thousands of other students we're all building amazing things that you never thought possible, right? That's a really novel, unique experience. And when I think about kind of how people learn to grasp it, um, it, it's almost like a viral spread. Like typically what happens is someone goes to a hackathon on another campus and they're like, wow, this is amazing, I want this at my school too. And then they go back to their school and organize an event the next semester, right? That's really how this has grown so quickly. And so I do think people grasp it very, very quickly. But, you know, it's much more powerful to see it and experience it and be part of it than it is to kind of have someone explain it to you. Because a lot of the elements of it are not very Um, concrete, you know, like the sense of community and the sense of supportiveness and the sense of collaboration uh, is really something that you have to kind of be part of to understand the value of, but luckily a lot of people are part of it, and so, you know, people are really excited about uh, bringing this to their own campuses.
0: That's awesome. Do you help empower those people who
1: go back to their own campuses,
0: or do you just do the ones that you organize?
1: Yeah, so uh, the way MLH works is we have uh, a group of member events. And those are events where we essentially partner with a student group on campus, typically like a hacker club or a CS club. And we work with them over the course of about six months to make sure that they're going to be able to put on the best hackathon possible, um, and then we come on site during the actual weekend and provide, uh, you know, support to the organizers and support to the hackers and a lot of, you know, physical resources as well, like awesome pieces of hardware from Dell and Oculus and others. And uh, you know, we also help kind of get students access to really cool. Uh, Software platforms that they probably wouldn't otherwise learn about or get access to like, you know, Amazon web services Which as we both know is probably the leading cloud platform out there, but Really learning about it in class right now And so we help give students access to that and provide them the educational resources to get You know experience with these technologies that they're almost inevitably going to be using when they go get a job Right, so it's a huge learning experience. It's a really powerful um, kind of educational thing and you know we work with the organizers and the students to make all of that possible
0: yeah I mean there's a, definitely a gap between what you learn in school and graduate with and what actual corporations use and it's you know there needs to be something to help fill that gap hackathons are the um, place to do that <laughs> exactly it kind of it, it introduces them to things like AWS and, and things that the real world uses mm-hmm. So do the companies get involved? Do they sponsor? Do they do anything like that to help with the hackathons?
1: Yeah, so there's sponsors on-site at all of the hackathons, and typically those sponsors are local branches of a company or you know uh, a startup that had like, roots on that campus. And they're generally there to do a couple of things. One is to, you know, get developers excited about working on their platform and teach them about the APIs and developer tools that they offer. And the other thing is, honestly, to uh, connect with potential employees, right? All of these students are looking for internships and full-time jobs. And hackathons provide a really cool opportunity for companies to send engineers as mentors for the participants. And students to get to work alongside someone that they might actually end up working alongside full-time. So it's a much more hands-on kind of personal way of meeting potential employers than something like a career fair where, you know, you wait in line, you give someone your resume, and then you never talk to them again. Um, You know, hackathons are like 24 hours with someone who might be your peer or your boss one day. Has anybody gotten hired from an MLH event yet? Or is it something that might happen one day? Thousands of people have gotten hired from MLH events. Um, oh, it's becoming increasingly common. Uh, it really is the type of thing that I think is going to replace something like a career fair for people who are studying you know, technology fields. Um, and honestly, like, it's a very unique experience. and in some sense the companies who are supporting hackathons now are ahead of the curve right there's still tons and tons of companies who are uh you know recruiting solely at career fairs but hackathons are kind of a new bleeding edge way to meet some of the students who are most excited about building technology right like these are the people who are going out and spending their weekends building cool stuff instead of partying right like that's a really interesting like person who honestly can contribute a ton to a lot of different organizations. And it helps
0: skip the whole let me see some sample code
1: during the interview
0: process because you know you're actually seeing them and how they work as opposed to Exactly.
1: The paper. You get to see the process and you get to see the output of something that you know the student was solely motivated to create, right? It's not an assignment that a hundred other students are doing, it's not like a practice sample code online it's something that they came up with and executed on and you know created a prototype of uh, in a very short period of time
0: plus you get to see how they work under pressure at that yeah. short deadline exactly All right, so I have a question from the chat here from Dennis Hurley who's asking what's your experience with awards and credentials
1: from hackathons hi Dennis um, so uh, I would say that awards and credentials are probably two slightly different things. But uh, if I understand correctly, you're asking uh, you know, how do the merit-based aspects of a hackathon factor into like someone's actual skills? Um, so I do think that prizes and awards are a really good way of rewarding exceptional projects. Like, when someone builds something that's unusual or particularly complex or particularly interesting or valuable, prizes are a really good way to reward them and incentivize that behavior. Um, I do also think that prizes can be a bit overblown. Um, The point of hackathons is not to win prizes, right? Prizes are kind of a nice side effect of creating something awesome. But the point of the event really is to stretch yourself and stretch your abilities. Um, I think of it much more like a marathon than a traditional competition, right? If you're running a marathon, you're competing against yourself, right? You want to get a better time. You want to finish that race. Uh, A small subset of people are competing to be, you know, for second, third. But the majority of participants are there for personal reasons. And hackathons are the same way. And so when you look at, like, credentials, it's really good that someone won a hackathon because it means they were recognized by their peers and by experts in the field. But uh, I don't think that that is necessarily the perfect reason to find people uh, who are skilled. Um, MLH runs a series of championship events where we invite some of the more prolific hackers from the season. and the prizes they won are only one of many factors that we look at to determine who should be at that event. Because what we're really looking for are people who are excited about building something new and experimental and are going to push themselves. And that, I think, has much more weight as far as someone's skill and motivation than does you know, what prize they won. All
0: right. So I mean, a lot of companies have come out of hackathons. There's been quite a few startups. Have any come out of Mm MLH?
1: Yeah, so uh, there have been a number of startups. Um, We frequently see a lot of very common names kind of getting involved with our events. So uh, Andreessen Horowitz is a very frequent sponsor, Kleiner Perkins is a frequent sponsor, Y Combinator is very involved in our events, Uh, 1517, Teal. Like you see a lot of these very well known VCs and tech incubators coming and getting involved with these events because these events are drawing a lot of the potential like future founders out of the woodwork, right? Um, you know, When you think like the next Bill Gates is probably coming from a hackathon, not from their dorm room because this is where people are congregating now.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, and Dennis had a follow-up he wanted to ask. Um, mm-hmm. Do businesses recognize uh, them and are they ever used when forming teams at hackathons?
1: Yeah. So uh, businesses definitely recognize the students. I mean, recruiting is a big reason why a lot of these students are engaging with hackathons. And do they recognize
0: Uh, the awards they receive at the hackathons, or is it just?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that as well. So uh, a lot of the companies that get involved sponsor prizes at the hackathons. So for example, Amazon Web Services might give a prize for the most interesting use of an AWS platform, right? The uh, you know kind of standard way of encouraging people to use the specific platform. Like at Twilio, we used to give away a cool prize, like an Arduino Inventor Kit or something, for the best Twilio hack, right? Um, the point of prizes is not to be super high value, but rather to incentivize and reward certain behaviors. And so I always like to think about prizes as uh, a way to get people to continue hacking, and a way to make them feel like their work was well-recognized. And you know, the sponsors play a big part in that, because they allow a lot of different people to get recognized for very specific things that they care about. I mean, there are some people who definitely always go who are motivated by
0: awards and prizes.
1: But... Yeah. I don't think that competitiveness is a bad thing. That just
0: shouldn't be the primary reason. I agree. It's about making the cool hacks the whole reason for going. Yep. So are there any technologies that tend to be encouraged or used predominantly at the hackathons, or is it just generally whatever anybody wants to do and use?
1: Yeah, um, it tends to be fairly open-ended. I mean, when you talk about technologies that are used at hackathons, you're really talking about like a reflection of tech trends in general. Right. So VR, like Unity, Oculus, Alienware, that kind of thing, is super popular right now. We see a ton of virtual reality applications. Um, Any like electronics or Internet of Things, so like something like an Intel Edison or an Arduino, really, really popular right now. A lot of people are experimenting with uh their first like mobile app so you know building an android app for the first time building like something for a tablet um so you see it's definitely a reflection of like larger tech trends Uh, but you also get a lot of like the standard development kit so a lot of people are doing like rails or ruby a lot of people are doing uh you know android a lot of people are doing like java or scala uh you get a pretty big range but um, we definitely like to uh, get people access to whatever like the coolest, most bleeding edge technology is. And so you know you do see a lot of like VR and other similar things that aren't really mainstream yet, but hackers have a really cool time with. Right. So do people use these as learning experience or
0: is it too much of a crunch so they kind of focus on expanding what they already know?
1: Yeah, it's not a traditional learning experience. Like there's not, a lecture and then you go do a project. Uh, a lot of the events do have expert workshops. So someone might come in and give a workshop on how to use a specific you know, programming language or development platform. Um, I think that the learning experience is kind of inherent in it, right? You learn from the process of creating your own project. You learn from the process of iterating. You learn from the process of trying a new technology. So it's absolutely a learning experience and crunch in many ways contributes to that because when you're thinking about like software development, you know it's really nice to be able to think about like, oh yeah, if I had all the time in the world this is how I would architect something. but in a lot of ways, uh, that doesn't actually happen in real life. And so you have to be able to understand uh, how to iterate on something quickly and how to prioritize features and products you know things to, to really create something that uh, demonstrates a concept without necessarily having everything in the world that you ever imagined in it, right? So it's really good training for product development, really good training for iterative programming, and it also forces people to try new technologies and skills.
0: So what can we do to like let people who've never been to one know about it? I mean, the only time it's ever been in the media that I can think of is in the social network. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was more of a drinking game than a real
1: hackathon. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that there's – uh a huge element of network effect and virality right like students who go to hackathons are constantly telling their friends about hackathons professionals who go to hackathons are constantly telling their friends about it so that's always going to be one of the main channels because you know who's more convincing than your friend no one right um but i think that uh, in order to let like a wider audience know about it people need to understand uh what types of things are being built how amazing this is from an innovation standpoint and ultimately like how this really is both the next frontier of uh learning as well as recruiting right um you know uh schools and companies always want to understand like the value of events like this and it's so powerful from an education perspective and so powerful from a networking and like recruiting perspective and i think that you know, the more companies and the more universities that understand that, uh, the better this movement is going to be able to grow. So then
0: where do you see, like, hackathons and major league hacking going from here?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, we're still a pretty young organization. I mean, even while doing 200 events a year, there's A lot of places in the world where we don't do any events Um, right now we're primarily focused in Europe and North America so over time a lot of our growth is going to be you know new regions new groups of students uh, kind of just growing horizontally that way Um, but we're also always experimenting with you know other ways to empower hackers and help them learn right Um, whether that is you know new events on campus whether that is Uh, educational resources outside of hackathons Um, you know there's a there's a million different things we could be trying and uh, we're constantly testing a lot of them cool so
0: if somebody wanted to bring major league hacking or even hackathons information to their campuses uh, where would they find out more information
1: yeah, so if you go to MLH.io, which is our website, or MajorLeagueHacking.com, which is the same thing, uh, you can click on the Organize button and then hit Organize a Hackathon. Or if you want to attend a hackathon, just click the big yellow button that says Join the Season. Um, we're right at the end of our uh, spring season right now, but we'll be starting back up again towards the end of August, early September when school's back in session. Okay, so you run these during the school years mainly? More or less, Yeah. <laughs>
0: makes sense to do it when the kids are actually there help. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today, Jonathan. Uh, To comment on this episode or listen to other episodes of The Creator's Call, please visit thecreatorscall.com or find us in iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good day.